What is up, you guys? And welcome back to another week of the Force the Change podcast. I am your host, Madison Miller, aka Madison Rose Fit on Instagram is a more well-known area, I would suppose. Um, Welcome back to all of those that are frequent listeners and hello to the numerous new people that have hopped on recently. Um, We love you. We appreciate you. And this is a safe space for you Um, (laughs) where we talk about loose things, fitness, sometimes bodybuilding, usually just a bunch of dumb shit. Um, I guess we'll kick it off with a digestion update. (laughs) Uh, for you guys, I know they've been a little bit more infrequent lately, um, but that's honestly a good sign because that means that we've been doing pretty good lately. Um, digestion has really started to level itself out, um, and then last week hit. <laughs> um, so uh, last week was a little bit of a doozy for us all. Um, I spent a good chunk of it wrapped up in a ball on the floor um, because my digestion was so messed up. Um, we don't know why, but um, there are, you know, there's some speculation on what we've got going on, but um, honestly, what uh, I th- what we think and I hope that it is, is the return of my sex hormones finally. You know, I've had in IUD or some kind of progesterone dominant birth control since I was about 13 years old, which I think a lot of women, um, a lot of millennial women, especially like a lot of women my age have been through the birth control talk when you're younger. Um, I feel like a lot of people got on it and now a lot of us are kind of in that same field where we're thinking about, you know, why are we doing this? Do we need to do this? Is there a better way to do this? Um, why were doctors so quick and, um, diligent about throwing 13 year olds on birth control to, Uh, better control their periods when there's so many other things that affect your sex hormones and why that happens regardless. Um, So it's just kind of interesting to really educate myself these past couple of months and this last year on the body and then also experiment with my own body and see where things are kind of going and and how, how much digestion really has on everything in our life. Um, I was, I've been thinking about it a little bit and then been kind of trying to think about like what my space in the fitness industry is and how, you know, cause everybody, the fitness industry is so large. There's so many people in it and kind of like what you need to figure out what makes you unique and what sets you apart. And I really feel that the gut, the gut microbiome, um, your gut brain axis, uh, your vagus nerve and all sorts of all the, the, the things that tie in your brain and your gut and how they work together. And I'm reading a book right now called the mind gut connection. And that's, you know, further enforcing all this information that I've already learned in the last year, um, and reaffirming that and also teaching me new information. And I really feel that like the gut is something that is not understood and definitely, definitely not in modern medicine, not in the fitness space and then not in bodybuilding at all. I don't think the mind is really, or the mind, the gut <laughs> is really understood in any kind of space. And there's so much that we're learning about it. So I think it just absolutely fascinates me. And I really kind of think that that's where my, my niche kind of is, um, in the industry. So I'm kind of trying to run with that a little bit, learn more about it, um, speak as much about it as I possibly can. There have been so many people that have been interested in my personal digestion, 
journey and I appreciate you. Um, but we're all learning. We're all learning together. So that's why I'm just trying to update you all as much as I can um, and be as open and honest about my entire journey as I possibly can because I think it's really fascinating and a lot of you have further communicated to me that you find it very interesting as well. Um, but that's another thing that I've also been trying to work on. This is just going to be all over the place. Here's here's what's happening this week, guys. So we were supposed to have a guest this week um, and we had to reschedule last minute. So yours truly is back on the mic and we don't really have a whole lot of anything planned today, but we're going to spitball. We're just going to see how, how good we are on our feet. I have an idea of what I want to talk about today, but going over my last week is just going to be a little bit all over the place. So I hope that you guys can, can stick with me on this one. But like I said, had a really bad digestion week this week. Um, we spent a couple of days in a ball on the floor in tears, um, with all sorts of thoughts, feelings, emotions, um, and symptoms. Um, my gut was causing me the most pain that I've had in a very long time. I had piercing, blinding, like headaches that felt like I was wearing a headband all day. Um, I was having hot and cold flashes. Um, I was going through bouts of nausea. Um, I felt like I was going to puke after everything I ate. And if you know, I don't, I'm not super public about what I'm eating right now, but it's not a lot, you guys. It's very, very simple digesting foods and not a lot of food whatsoever. It's probably around like 1,800 calories, so it's really nothing. Um, excuse me, I had to burp. Um, but <laughs> here's some realness for today. Um, a lot of that, a lot of burping, a lot of gas out of both ends, inconsistent bowel movements, um, just feeling like a royal piece of dog shit. Um, and given there are less bad days and far more good days, which is what we want to look at, like the trend over an extended period of time. You don't want to get too bogged up or bogged down on any information on one given day, especially like biofeedback or numerical data or, you know, just emotions, etc. But um, I've also been learning so much about how like I never thought that I was a stressed individual. And I talked to my mom about this a lot as well because she reminds me a lot of how I was, I don't know, three, four months ago. Um, but as human beings, I don't think that unless there's a huge stressful event that any of us really think that we're ultimately stressed or our body is undergoing stress on a daily basis. When in reality, I was the most stressed out person that I knew for really no reason. Um, and I've been really getting more in tune with myself, my spirituality, um, and kind of stepping back from the day-to-day -day and trying to see things from an overall picture and practice mindfulness and breathing and grounding exercises to, you know, when I get really flustered and up in my head or um, I get these gut feelings, which this book is talking about a lot, this mind-gut connection book is talking about that a lot, um, is your gut reactions to things and what causes a gut reaction, how much validity it holds um, and what it means and kind of like what it, this, this book is just fascinating me. I'm sorry. I'm like trying to find words for it, but um, it just, it talks about how like there's women's intuition and then everybody has their own kind of gut reactions to things and how we should honestly learn 
to listen to those more often or that, you know, people that are stressed out more often have more stimulus um, or IBS symptoms, et cetera, um, have much more frequent gut reactions and how you can't trust those as much because we've been preconditioned to have a gut reaction with any minor inconvenience or you're, you've trained your, I can speak from personal experience, like how my body is right now is I've personally trained it to be more susceptible to these gut reactions with any change in my day to day. So any kind of stress that is inflicted upon me, uh, whether it be um, something that deserves a stress response or not, it gets one lately. And that causes an incredible amount of gut dysbiosis. So it's just been a lot of um, trying to understand what's going on there and having an appreciation for those that do understand it um, and for those coaches that are preaching health and, and, and focusing on health of their athletes and gut health, especially because I think that it is something that is really neglected or not even neglected, but just misunderstood in the fitness space or in life because modern medicine Anytime anybody comes to a doctor, whether it be a GI doctor or a primary care or an internal health or whatever, internal medicine, whatever, um, any kind of doctor, you go to them and you say, this hurts or I have a problem with this. And they do their diagnostic tests. And if you're like me, everything comes back negative and perfect and glowing colors and you pass with, you know, extra credit at this fucking point. Um, And they don't, they're like, we don't know what to do with you. We don't know how to help you, you know, like nothing is coming back saying that you have an issue. So we'll just do an elimination diet or we'll restrict your food or we'll put you on this antibiotic, um, which kills all of your gut microflora, which is a whole issue in itself. Um, But antibiotics are far too prevalent in today's society. And I believe that's also why, in my personal opinion, I believe that's why a lot of GI disorders and gut health has kind of tanked. I mean, look at the amount of gluten-free or lactose intolerant people that have just skyrocketed over the last five to 10 years. And don't get me wrong, like fad diets have also become pretty popular, but I think that there's an understanding that, you know, being gluten-free, I don't think is seen really as a fad diet anymore. I think that's more so people have irritability and their doctor's first instinct is to say, you know, cut out gluten, cut out dairy. Um, And that usually helps people, but I think there's a lot that goes into that, but you know, there is modern medicine is just so used to pushing um, a treatment or a drug instead of looking at the full big picture of like what the patient goes through on a day to day basis, what they're eating, how they sleep, their stress levels, um, their their ability to control their emotional like emotional manipulation or their mental health or all sorts of things like that go into how you digest and absorb and partition your nutrients in your food. Um, so long-winded answer there. Digestion's going, um, <laughs> for uh, lack of a better term, pretty shitty this week. Um, but blood glucose numbers have been trending high all week, which we don't love. Um, Mark I know it doesn't love when I train when I have high glucose numbers. So we're kind of working on being intuitive with that and figuring out the best times for my body to push it and to elicit a stress response. Because when you train, you I've said it like 50 times, but you're eliciting a stress response 
whether you think so or not in your body. You're stressing your body. It is training is stress on your body. So if you already have internal stress on your body from improper digestion or lack of sleep or stress or whatever it may be, training on top of it that day, depending on what your goals are or where you are, if you're in a contest prep or whatever, it's all situational and everybody is different. Um, But for me personally, right now, I'm learning to take a beat, take a step back. If my body is reporting stress that day in terms of my biofeedback, we don't get to train that day. So we went on a four-day training break to um, try to level out my body since we were having some issues with the blood glu- blood glucose. Um, and turns out I wasn't following my sodium and potassium supplementation protocol, which will also – I mean, if you don't have – if you're fucking up one piece of the puzzle, guys, it's a very detailed puzzle. Your body's a very detailed machine. And if you're not executing your protocol in every single aspect of it, you're going to have issues. So I wasn't executing my protocol. So we took a four-day training break, let my body level out. Turns out during the four-day training break, my body went to shit, um, which can tell you that I was on the verge of a breakdown. Um, so we had some we had some, some issues uh, this week with digestion. But it's Sunday. I'm feeling optimistic and positive about this week. We've got our supplementation down. I think my body has adjusted. We trained yesterday. I feel pretty good about it. I'm a little flustered today because my schedule has been flipped all over the place, but that's exactly what we're going to get into today, you guys, and why we're not letting that stress us out in 2022. So that's a little bit about me, but let's get into this week's meat of the episode, which is setting yourself up for success. Now, There are so many different, this is such a subjective term, and there are so many ways that you can set yourself up for success, and it is tailored individually to every separate person. So setting myself up for success will look different for you, for somebody else, you know, for your mom, for your dad, for your brother. It'll all look different um, depending on your goals, your aspirations, and your um, responsibilities on a day-to-day. You know, setting yourself up for success might look different too for all different things that you're doing in terms of your gym goals versus your professional goals versus your personal goals versus your, you know, mental health goals. Like setting yourself up for success can look very detailed or very zoomed out. It can be a large picture or a very, very zoomed in um articulate plan on how you execute your day-to-day um, and your week and your month. You know, I think that there's <laughs> there's levels to the shit, y'all. There are tiers and it it takes sitting with yourself and figuring out, you know, number one, what are uh, I would I would I would advise you to, to go about designing a successful day by sitting with yourself and looking at your goals first, you know, what is it that I want to achieve today, this week, this month, this year? And I would start from a more zoomed out perspective and then get more detailed um, as you break it down. But I'm just going to go over today some of the ways that I personally set myself up for success um, to hopefully give you guys um, some I don't know, inspiration, ideas, motivation, advice, anything like that. And, you know, per usual, I am not perfect. Um, 
my idea of success is very different from yours. Um, my daily routine is going to be very different. And I am not saying that everybody needs this level of detail in their routine. It all kind of depends. And honestly, what I'm learning to do is step back and have a less detailed approach. Um, I got so, so detailed and so obsessed with setting myself up for success in the next day, next week, next month during my prep in order to take things off of my shoulders that I was tackling things that were months ahead that I really had no business um, or no reason to be stressing over or focusing on um, in prep. But I was so focused on trying to make every day easier on myself that I would load things onto my plate, which I still find that I'm doing, that I'm loading things onto my plate that do not need to be addressed or can't be addressed at this specific moment, but I want to achieve as much as I can every day until I go to bed exhausted every night, which is tiring in itself. Um, so personally myself, like I do too much. I set myself up too much. I focus too much on setting myself up for success. And so I'm actually learning to dial back on the structure that holds up my day-to-day -day life. Um, whereas other people need more structure, you know, and I'm also really learning to focus on myself and not concern myself with the schedule or priorities or, you know, goals of others. So like, for example, my boyfriend Chase, you know, he lives with me now and this is the first time I've lived with somebody for quite some time. I think it's been like over a year. Um, and I, because I care about him and because I know that he has these goals, maybe down the road, maybe not right now. I know he wants to do some form of more serious bodybuilding in the future, maybe compete, who knows. But because he has let me into those goals a little bit and give me a little bit of insight, I start to take those on as mine. And then I will start analyzing everything that he does on a daily basis. So for example, even today, um, he asked me to give him um, some kind of structure. He's looking for a little bit of um, – he's not sleeping very well. He doesn't eat on a consistent basis. Um, he's just kind of all over the place. And so he asked us that I could help him with macros. So we set him up, we got his macros level down. We got, um, a calorie level that we like for him just to stay at maintenance right now to just kind of get in the habit of meal prepping and setting himself up for success for the week, you know, meal prep on Sunday and you have your food ready for Monday, etc. So we worked on a macro, um, breakdown today and a calorie breakdown. Um, but I can already feel myself kind of watching over him a little bit and being a little overbearing and kind of being like, he's not going to hit his calorie goal today if he doesn't start eating more. And it's like, bitch, that's not your problem. <laughs> it's not, that's not your goal. That's not your, that's not your priority. That's not your focus. That's out of your control. Focus on the things that you can focus on that matter to you that's it, that's not my job. Do you know what I mean? And so I'm adding too many things to my plate to prioritize. So that's number one is like, I've always said with you guys a million times over is to set expectations for yourself and set realistic expectations. And if that's 
you know, starting off with small goals and adding more goals or more detailed goals or adding um, stipulations to those goals through as the months go on or the days go on, the weeks go on, the years go on. And you can get more detailed as you become more comfortable. Like don't come shooting out of the cannon and expect to live your life like a pro bodybuilder day in and day out from day one. Like you're not going to meal prep and have all these supplements and train and walk and read your book and do all your things on a daily basis. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about what I do in in my personal day-to-day because obviously that's what I can speak to the best and I hope that this helps you guys out a little bit or gives you a little bit of insight. Um, So one thing that I've talked about on Instagram multiple times with you guys is um, time blocking or uh, schedule blocking, which... um, if you guys ever have any questions, you can always reach out. Um, but I can show you guys kind of, or walk you through what my calendar looks like. So, um, I did this, like I said, I started doing schedule blocking during prep because I could feel the amount of chaos hanging over me about like, I have to meal prep and I have to do this and I have to do work and I have to answer these emails and I have to do cardio and I have to do posing and I have to do, um, I have to make my meals. I have to eat my meals. I have to go to the gym, like blah, 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 blah. And there are so many things that I had to do in a 24-hour time period or an 18-hour, 12-hour time period that I'm awake during the day. Um, So I had to figure out some kind of schedule to keep me like this is from this time to this time, you need to be doing this. From this time to this time, you need to be doing this. So I'm just going to walk you guys through it. Um, and this is loose. During prep, I followed this 2AT. But like right now, I just kind of have it set up for alerts in my calendar so that it kind of just talks to me and I'm kind of like, okay, I should probably be about here right now. Um, so I have a 7 a.m. wake up every day. So my alarm goes off at 7 a.m. I usually get out of bed at 7.30. Um, I'm usually dicking around on my phone for about 30 minutes trying to put together life um, and just wake up a little bit. Um, I have tried multiple times to not look at my phone when I first wake up. I've thought about reading when I first get up in the morning or some people like to do um, – meditation or like grounding exercises when they first get up. I just find that when I wake up, I'm groggy as shit and I can't read in the morning. I can't like think or use my brain right when I get up. I've tried it. It's not for me. So, you know, 7 to 7.30, I'm waking up. 7.30 to 8, I'm checking my work emails because I find if I don't get up, check my phone, my regular phone and my work phone and my work emails, I have anxiety that I'm missing something in either my or that someone's trying to contact me. So I always do work, you know, check my phone and then I check my work phone and my work emails. And that takes about the first hour of my day. And then um, from eight to nine, I have cardio and posing. So obviously I'm not in prep right now and I'm not doing morning cardio or posing, but I like to keep that time block there so that I know when I do go into prep, like that's that schedule time. Um, So basically I just have another hour to do work stuff. You know, if I have to check in with Mark, if I have to, I usually like clean the house up a little bit in the mornings because at night, you know, Chase and I get a little messy and in the mornings I like a clean space. So I empty the dishwasher, you know, make some coffee, uh, just kind of let Jackson out, get my, just start moving slowly. Um, From nine to 10 is when I shower, eat, get ready for work. And from then uh, from 10 to noon, we enter into a two hour work block. And so what a work block is, is my primary, uh, my personal phone goes on airplane mode or do not disturb whatever. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not texting anybody. I'm not calling anybody. I am fully 
diving into work for those two hours. Um, if I need to use my personal phone for something work related, I will. Or, um, you know, sometimes people know people that are close to me know that I do this block schedule. And so they know if they get, they call my phone, it immediately goes to voicemail. They know I'm on do not disturb. So if it's something really pertinent, they can call me twice and it will ring on my watch and I know that they need me. Um, but for those two hours, it's a work block. Um, and that's when I find that I get the most productive is when I am only allowed to do work for those two hours. I'm not doing mindless tasks. I'm not taking the dog on a walk. I'm not cleaning the kitchen. I'm not doing dishes. I'm not eating. Like that is just working. Like everything is done surrounding that. And at 10 o'clock, I'm sitting down and no one's bothering me. And I'm strict. It's it's a strict, hard stop. Because if I don't, if I allow for a wiggle room and I say, eh, I'll start at 1030. Eh, I'll, I'll just start here. I'll do this or I'll do that or I'll make an exception today. Again, I'm getting looser because I think it's cathartic and therapeutic for me because I am too uptight and I know that and I'm working on it and I recognize it, you guys. So I'm actually trying to be a little bit looser with this schedule, but when it comes to the work blocks, like I am usually pretty specific about those two hours because I, <laughs> I will slack off if I can. But, you know, you got to know yourself. You have to have these conversations. You have to be self-aware um, and be able to look at yourself, your priorities, your schedule, and your, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses and look at them subjectively and then be like, can I handle that? Mm. You know, um, noon to one is I literally put food and extras. So anything I have to do, if I have to make phone calls, go on Instagram, um, walk the dog, eat food whatever is that whole hour. And then, so noon to one, food and extras. One to three is another work block. And then I'm done with work, which is kind of crazy because looking at my daily work schedule, like I only work for about four to six hours in total a day, which sounds bad, but I get everything done. And that's because in those work blocks, I am so motherfucking strict <laughs> about powering through and like every 30 minutes like I might get up go to the bathroom drink some water refill coffee like I, I I take little breaks but I'm not getting distracted during those breaks like I'm staying zoned in and that really helps me stay consistent um so one to three is the work block. And once three o'clock comes around, like usually I have then from three to four is get ready for the gym. And so I have an hour to, again, eat, walk the dog, you know, do whatever I've got to do. If I have more work, usually my work will, uh, because I'm not, again, because I'm not in prep and I'm not spending as long of time at the gym. Um, I then block off from four. So three to four is get ready for the gym. And then four to eight, is gym and cardio. So again, I made this during prep. So I was doing, you know, hour to an hour and a half of cardio a day. So I would do that cardio block in the morning and then cardio after the gym. So I had a budget for a longer time at the gym. I only usually spend about two to two and a half hours at most at the gym now. Um, usually an hour to an hour and a half of lifting and then, um, you know, posing, getting my steps in on the treadmill or, um, I don't know, just dicking around, um, doing whatever is usually in that time from four to eight. Um, but yeah. And so I, I might leave a little later for the gym. I might, you know, work has to come first. And so whenever that's done for the day, sometimes it's three o'clock, sometimes it's six o'clock, you know, and then I only have six to eight to do the gym, but it's all flexible. Um, 
And then from 8 to 9.30 is shower, food, dog, extras, anything really. Pretty much just come home from the gym, decompress, eat, shower, get ready um, for bed, wash your face, you know, meal prep for tomorrow, um, get all my meals ready, my supplements ready for tomorrow. And then from 9.30 um, to 10 is work prep for tomorrow. So if I'm leaving for appointments that next day or, you know, I need to make my food, make a lunchbox, get the car ready to go in the morning, um, et cetera. And then at 10 p.m., we're in bed. And that's a hard stop at 10 p.m. every single time. So keep in mind, that's just like a schedule that I followed religiously during prep um, and I very loosely follow it now, um, but I still am strict about – I had to learn, like I had to change things. I had to adjust with my current lifestyle, and at that time with prep, I had to be super, super strict. Otherwise, I would get really stressed out, and I would just spiral, and so that was how I kept myself calm every single day was sticking to my time budget because that's exactly what it was. The same thing is when you budget with money, I was budgeting with my time. And so it's when you budget your money and you know you have X amount of money put aside for you know your car or a travel expense or a gift or whatever you put your money aside for, you know that no matter what happens, like you've got that that fund set aside so that you're good. Like if, if anything happens in your day where like, you know, you have that car fund. So say you get hit by a drunk driver or, you know, you have fender bender. You don't need to worry about paying that expense because you're like, it's good. I've got it covered. I've got stuff set aside for that. This is the same thing only with time. So, you know, if you have a hiccup in your day or, um, something comes up like today, you know, I had multiple, I had a schedule set out for Sunday and it did not go according to plan, but you know what? We pivot and I have time set aside for that. So it's okay. And I can get everything that I want done, even though it's not in the exact same order because I budgeted my time for that by scheduling and I set myself up for success. So that's just a little bit about time blocking. It's something that I'm very passionate about and it's helped me a lot over this last year, um, to really keep my head screwed on straight. Um, another thing that, um, usually sets me up pretty well is a, a bedtime and a wake up time every day. I think that going to bed or like, you don't even have to go to sleep at this time. I try to like, all of these things are conversations I've had with Chase, like in the last couple of weeks. Um, because I think that he would benefit from a lot of structure. <laughs> I think a lot of people would benefit from a lot of structure. Um, but I think a bedtime and a wake up time is another really simple way to just start to introduce that kind of structure into your life. You know, I get in bed at 10 PM every night and then my alarm goes off at 7 AM, no matter what. Do I fall asleep on the couch multiple nights a week? Um, and don't get into bed at 10? Probably. Uh, definitely, definitely. Yes. But again, I'm working on cutting back. So I'm working on letting go of the reins. So that's something that I personally need, whereas other people might need, like just Chase, an example, needs to be more strict and needs to make sure that he gets in bed at 10 every day because he will stay up until one, two, three, doing nothing because he just can't go to sleep, but he's lacking the structure. And you can't build your circadian rhythm. Um, you can't start to regulate your circadian rhythm if you don't you know, if you don't have a start and a stop time, if you start to make yourself 
follow along on those hours and like, hey, body, mind, whatever, this is when we're going to bed. It doesn't always work, but like you have to practice um, repetition in order for your body to get used to it. It's the same thing as anything else. Uh, uh, 50% free throw shooter is never going to get better at free throws by not shooting them. You know, somebody who wants to go to bed at 10 o'clock is never going to get better at going to bed at 10 o'clock once they go to bed at 10 o'clock. It's just like, you guys know this. This is not hard. Um, in terms of training, um, setting yourself up for training success, um, I, I I have a coach, obviously. So um, I go into the gym every day and I know exactly what I'm lifting that day. I know about what the weights that I'm going to do is. I know what's expected of me in terms of tempo of the lift in terms of what lifts I'm doing in terms of um, how long between my lifts in terms of what order of the lifts in terms of my step count for that day in terms of sleep I, I have supplements water uh, electrolytes everything like that's why I sought out um, a coach like Mark because I am such a detailed driven person and I don't I think too much. I am a competitor that tries to think too much. So I really benefit from an over-detailed coach because then I don't have to ask questions. And that's my favorite part about Mark is that I never have to ask questions because I know what's expected of me 100% of the time. I know what's expected of me in my lifts. I know what's expected of me throughout my day. I know what's expected of me in terms of diet, water intake, electrolytes, um, you know, uh, he's just, he gives you every single detail. So there really is no question about what is expected of you, which I appreciate because then there's no room for excuses because you know what's expected. So it's, I thrive with that kind of structure. So I appreciate that. And so if you don't have a coach or if you are not a person that wants to have a coach, you do not have to be a competitive bodybuilder in order to have a fitness, uh, coach. You do not need to be someone that is interested in competitive bodybuilding or bodybuilding in general to have a coach. You could just want to get healthy, get fit, get whatever your reason is. Coaching is, I think, one of the most underrated uh, services out there. And I think that so many people can benefit from it. But with that being said, on the flip side, there are many coaches out there that will uh, take advantage of that um, and maybe not help set you up <laughs> for success. Um, there are good coaches out there. There are bad coaches out there. So, you know, give and take, do your research, etc. But I personally, if you don't have a coach, I would suggest that you have a program you're following. Um, in terms of your physique goals in general, you should have a program you're following and it should be pretty freaking boring and you should be executing the same lifts every single week, progressive overload, um, focusing on the intensity and having a better mind-muscle connection. It's not always about the weight or PRs. Um, it can be about PRs, but a PR can exemplify multiple things, not just going up in weight. It could be a better connection. It could be a more intense uh, lift, etc. There's so many different things that um, can prove success in your physique and your training. So I would suggest finding or creating a lifting program that works for you and your goals and what you're doing um, or an exercise. Maybe you're not even lifting for your goals. Maybe it's a performance goal um, or a cardio goal or whatever. But I would really look at exactly what your goal is and how is the best, smartest, most efficient 
and, you know, sensible way to attack that goal in a timely manner. Um, and there's definitely people you, ha- you can consult with depending on what your goal is, but you just have to seek them out. Um, one thing that I'm trying to personally grasp that I think some people also don't always understand, and this is me 100% speaking to myself, is changes in your schedule do not equal failure. Something that a, a term that circulates constantly throughout the bodybuilding uh, industry or competition series, etc., is win the day in terms of prep, which I firmly, firmly agree with prep. But I think that there is a problem with that mindset because when you win the day, that can mean so many things. But I think some people, hello, me, waving my hand, hi, um, take it a little too seriously sometimes. Um, and I think that winning the day can mean different things on different days. It definitely does. Like it has to be fluid. It has to be able to change because I personally (laughs) consider myself a failure if I don't win my day. And by winning my day is checking off every single box that day. And more often than not, I don't check off every single box that I have for that day. More often than not, I overschedule. I mean, this is true of every day is I overschedule myself constantly. Um, I don't really give myself enough time to rest, recharge, um, evaluate or digest things that happen throughout my day. And I just kind of move on to the next. So that's something I'm working on. And especially like not considering myself a failure when things don't work out exactly how I want. I can still win the day even though I'm not checking off every single box because I have time budgeted for those extra things that I should still be able to check off those boxes. But even if I don't, that doesn't mean I'm a failure. It just means that I still, with what I'm given, need to win that day, however that looks, whatever that means, wake up and do it again tomorrow. It doesn't mean that I failed. It doesn't mean that I'm a loser. It doesn't mean that you know, I sucked that day. It just means that life happens. We pivot, we adjust, we digest. <laughs> And we move on. Um, so that's something I've personally been control been working on in terms of my control because I definitely, definitely have a control issue. Um, which is another thing is letting go of that control and learning to delegate has been one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned from Sir Mark Tominick. Um, you know, two or three months ago, anything that I personally created or was in charge of or held the rights to, you couldn't have paid me a million dollars to hand over to the perfect candidate. Um, I, anything that I was involved in, like I had to be in control of 100%. Otherwise I saw it becoming a failure or it going to fail or, it not going to be executed to the best of its ability, or if somebody couldn't get something done in the time frame that I wanted, that it was going to fail, etc. So I'm starting small. Um, I'm just starting with my <laughs> my best friend and my boyfriend, but I'm learning to trust and delegate things that are not important that I have a death grip over. And it's been slow and it's little trivial things. It's not big things. I'm not asking them to hold the weight of the world on their shoulders. Um, I'm, (laughs) don't worry, I'm still, I'm still footing that bill. Um, But I'm learning to 
ask for help when I can't hold everything that I'm trying to juggle. And it's been a blessing. Don't get me wrong. Some things have blown up in my face, but more often than not, things have worked out just fine. Just fine. Better than fine. Great sometimes, honestly. Um, So learning to trust the people around you, and that doesn't mean like putting like trust in people that can't hold that or that aren't responsible enough to hold that. It's You have to still be a (laughs) mindful human and make sure that your your people that support you, that are there for you, that want to see you succeed, the people that want to see you succeed are always going to be there to help you. The real, true, A1, day one homies. So once you've, <laughs> once you uh, sift through the weeds a little bit and you figure out who those people are, then I would encourage you to try to help, try to help them help you and delegate some of those tasks to them to free up your schedule a little bit and make you feel a little bit lighter because that's exactly what it's done for me personally is it's made me feel a little bit lighter and like I can breathe a little bit easier when you've got other people on your side that have your back that can help you. Even if it's like watching the dog or like taking the kid for a second or um, I don't know, picking something up that you can't or grabbing the groceries or, you know, just like doing little things like stop. I constantly myself feel like a burden to people. And so I would never ask people to do things that I needed help with because I, number one, didn't think they could do it right. And number two, didn't want, I always feel guilty. So I've started to, first of all, eliminate, identify and eliminate those bad thoughts, but also ask people to help me in order to help facilitate that um, process of getting over the constant guilty conscience by allowing or forcing myself to lean on other people. But again, I've started small. I'm not handing over my taxes to Chase and being like, can you file these for me? No, like we're, I'll do that myself. But like <laughs> little things that I could use some help with, I'm coming much more, becoming much more comfortable with um, allowing others to help me. Because if people care about you, they want to help you. They don't want to see you stressed and running around like a chicken with your head cut off. They want to help you too. Um, Another thing that I have done for myself is taking time for myself and scheduling time for myself. Um, This is so important. So my daily checklist now is, you know, get my work stuff done, give attention to Jackson, give attention to my boyfriend, make sure they're okay and taken care of. I read my book for 10 minutes a day. I do my French lesson every day. And then I make those are my like every single day. Those are my consistent goals um, to check off every single day. And then, um, you know, if I'm training that day, if I'm, if I'm all my uh, fitness goals are consistent throughout the day, you know, I need to hit my electrolytes, my water, my food, my steps. If I'm training, I need to train with intent that day. I need to show up for my training sessions that day. Um, But those are my daily things. And then, um, as the days go on, you know, there are events that we have going on or or different things that we have to do. And like those will change on a daily basis, but having those core things to check off my list every day is something that keeps me structured. It keeps me disciplined. It keeps my head screwed on straight. It keeps my feet on the floor and it keeps me 
scheduled, focused, diligent, um, and like a responsible human being. Like I find the days that I'm the most lazy um, and spacey and like lethargic are the days that I don't really focus on my list and I don't prioritize myself. So me sticking to my list and sticking to my French every day and sticking to my reading every day and sticking to my training protocols every day and my food and my diet and et cetera and doing what Mark is telling me to do and focusing on my gut rebuild and all these things, it keeps me structured, sane, even keel because I don't need to stress when I have all my variables controlled. And so you won't catch me out at dinner with family and friends that night because it got added to the calendar last minute. And I'm like, oh shit, I don't know what to do. My meals aren't prepped yet. Mm -mm. Meals are prepped. And every single night before I go to bed, I meal prep my food for the next day. It's already out in containers. My supplements are measured out. They're in baggies so I can take them with me. I have plastic spoons and sporks, sporks, (laughs) plastic spoons and forks and, uh, Ziplocs and, uh, Tupperware containers, like I have water bottles and gallon jugs just like up the wazoo, like all over the house for, so any time that something comes up that may flip the schedule or stress me out or mess up my day, I'm ready for, I'm prepared. I don't need to get stressed out about that. I'm still getting stressed out about that because it's a problem that I have that I'm actively working on, but it shouldn't. It shouldn't stress me out. There's no reason for it to stress me out because I haven't allowed time for that because I've prepared. So I don't allow time for a freak out or a breakdown or a, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have time. I don't have time because I'm prepared for everything else. I don't have time scheduled to have a mental breakdown during the day. So I've got all my shit ready to go and I don't need to face that because it's not an issue, because I haven't allowed it to be an issue, because I've set myself up for that. But that's that's pretty much it, you guys. It's just thinking ahead. Um, something my dad that it used to drive me absolutely fucking bonkers when I was a kid is anytime that my brother and I would mess up or um, break something, drop something, miss something, uh, you know, not listen to my parents, etc. My dad would always look at us and say, you need to think about the what if. And I love him, but I hate him that that has stuck with me so much throughout my life because I'm constantly thinking about the what if. You know, what if I don't actually have time to do that tomorrow? Okay, let's do it tonight. What if this happens? Okay, well, I'll do this just in case. What if I run out of water? What if there's not a drinking fountain? What if... um you know, I don't know. What if I can't bring my food on the plane? What if they take my scale away from me? What if X, Y, and Z? You know what I mean? What if this gym doesn't have a this? I'm traveling and I'm going to a new gym. What if they don't have a hack squat and the hack squats in my programming? Well, guess I should look it up and see if the gym has a hack squat, you know? Guess I should book a hotel that has a kitchen in it. Guess I should, you know, find an Airbnb that's close to the grocery store and close to the gym. You know, it's thinking ahead. It's preparing. It's, it's, it's what if, like it's so fucking annoying that that stuck with me for so long. And my dad was right because it would drive me nuts, but he's got a damn good point guys. He's got a point. Um, so uh, I would blame my parents for that's why I'm the way that I am. But you know, as I 
implore you all and I encourage you all to find some structure in your day and to take control of your life and to grab it by the handlebars and, you know, set yourself up for success. I'm going to be over here letting, letting go of the reins, sitting back and trying to, uh, separate myself from the level of control that I usually desire. Um, but everybody's different, like I said. So I hope this week's episode helped you guys. I hope you, you know, get outside, get some sunshine, get some, I like to say sunshine, sleep, and sustenance, you know, good food, good water, get some sleep, get some activity, some, uh, some neat, some go to the gym, do your cardio, prep your meals, eat good food, drink your water, supplement your electrolytes, do those things that make you feel good, but also make sure that you have enough structure and enough discipline, um, to make it through your everyday. And that's what it is. is I've taught myself discipline over these years. And it is one of the most invaluable lessons that I could have ever, you know, acquired. So I hope y'all have a great rest of your week. Um, hopefully next week we have our guest on. I'm really excited about next week's episode. Um, might even get old Chasey boy on an episode one of these days, but, um, he's avoiding me. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, but he likes to come with his excuses and I'll let y'all know how, um, how Chase is doing in the future with setting himself up for success because I'm going to work on stepping back and he's going to work on stepping into that role and we're going to see how it goes. I don't know guys, we might break up in a month. I'm not sure. (laughs) Stay tuned on that one, but I will see y'all next time. (laughs) 